Hey everyone, welcome back to an all new edition of the 20% podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you can implement in your current job today. Today's guest is Galen Gourmet, who's currently a sales executive, the co-founder of Rev Genius, and also is a fellow podcast host. By day, Galen works at Go Contractor, where they're all about bringing efficiency and modernizing the construction industry. Galen is also the co-founder of Rev Genius, which is a community of revenue-generating sales, marketing, and RevOps professionals that is brought together to educate, inspire, and empower each other. She's also the host of the What Is Your Legacy podcast, where she talks to guests about their legacies, what it is, and how it changes over time. Guys, this is an incredibly powerful show that you all need to check out on any of your favorite podcast players. During our conversation today, we discussed so many topics, ranging from Galem's upbringing in foster care and where she mastered the chore leaderboard, how she uses her why as a driver, matching your career with your personality, helping others find their purpose, asking yourself, am I truly living the best version of my life, and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with Galem Gourmet. Galem, welcome to the 20% podcast. Well, thank you for having me. So we've already had, just to let everybody know, we've had one conversation where where we just had like an intro conversation. And I wish we would have hit record on that because there was so much yeah. gold during that conversation. And, and we realized we have a lot of, of mutual connections across the industry. So it is so nice to finally have you on the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's uh, it's been a long day, but uh, it, everything's good. How are well, you? When I'm I'm doing well. When you work in sales every day, it seems like they say the days are long, but the years are short. So I think that that's like a perfect explanation of it, but, uh, but all is well. So again, yeah. thank you so much for, for jumping on and, and, and being a part of the show. Um, so one of the biggest things, I mean, first I want to start taking a step back is if you had to give yourself an elevator pitch of who Galem is just to introduce yourself to the audience, what would you say? Yeah. Um, it's hard to answer that. It's a question I ask myself all the time. Who am I? <laughs> what's my purpose? Uh, what's my mission? But uh, I think people who knows me pretty well would describe me as somebody who can be pretty intense at times, but also super calm and just collected. And I enjoy having serious, deep conversations. So that's kind of I think how most people would describe me and what I kind of agree with as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that this is a perfect seg segue into some of the, a, a deeper conversation of what you're really all about. So you have your own podcast channel uh, specifically around focusing on legacy and what that, what that entails. So could you explain to everybody what the name of your show is and, and really what you try to distill in that? Because I think it's so interesting. Yeah. So the podcast is called What is Your Legacy? And I am starting a YouTube channel in a couple of weeks or months. I'm still working out some details around that, but uh, I am starting that to kind of continue on the conversations and to be very specific on certain uh, foundational things that come up from the conversations in the podcast itself. And so that's that's what I do outside of you know my full time job as a sales executive for construction tech company here in the UK. Um, but the conversations on the podcast is really like they become really deep and personal. And, and there's a lot of brave guests who've come on and to share their stories, their journeys, experiences, and their thoughts around what does this life really mean to me as an individual? 
And, and what am I learning from this experience? And what are my fears? And what are the exciting things? What, what are some of the deeper parts of myself that I now get to explore and have a conversation around? Because a lot of, of the people I've spoken with are in you know, our, our community around sales and marketing and RevOps. And a lot of these people don't get the opportunity to really go deep on who they are outside of their profession, outside of their title. So I really enjoy just having those conversations with people to, to not talk about sales because we talk about it 24 seven right. anyway, you know? Yeah. And so if you had to distill down to, you know, when you're talking about legacy, a lot of people, at least I think like the end of life kind of thing of like, what do you want to be known for? Is there mm -hmm. any kind of overarching themes or any kind of main questions or, or responses that you get that are pretty common between most of your guests? Any kind of trends? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is that we do tend to think about how do we want to be remembered? You know, once we're gone from this earth, once we're dead and gone, how do we want to be remembered? What stories do we want people to tell about us? And I, we talk about that too, but I think for me, it's been more of a focus on how are you living your life today in order to achieve whatever your legacy will be? Because at the end of the day, when I'm dead and gone, I'm not going to know if I truly achieved that legacy that I intended to leave behind for other people. However, I do have the control right now as I'm living my life. And I think life is meant to be embraced and lived every day. And you do the, the next right thing when you have the opportunity to right now as, as you're living your life. Right. And hopefully that that is aligned with what you're doing today is aligned with your values, aligned with your goals, aligned with your, your core why and purpose and mission in life. And that the people you're leaving that behind to, they will remember you for the things that you did on a daily consistent basis. Wow, that's that is some some pretty heavy stuff when you start thinking about it. Like, what do I yeah. want to be known for? What do I want to What do I want to bring on? So, what what's what's a, what's one example of something that people say most frequently? Is there any main ones that's like I want to be known to do this or I want to do that? Like, or how do you how do you even go about yeah. trying to figure out what you want your legacy to be? Because that's a tough question when you're when you're in your twenties, thirties, or in your fifties mm -hmm. and sixties, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a across the board it's it's a challenge challenging question i think to answer if you haven't really done the self discovery and continue it's not just a one time thing but continue to do it but uh, there's there's a few questions there that you asked and one of them was what's the common theme that tends to come up and one of those common themes uh, in terms of wanting to leave a legacy is that people want to have a positive impact they want to be helpful to other people and those are the two main things that comes up in these conversations. And then there's another question I ask, and I always say this in my podcast, it's not a very unique or fascinating question in itself, but the answer that comes out of that particular question is what's really intriguing and interesting. And that brings a different perspective to the podcast because each of my guests have a different way of viewing their lives right and and when i ask the question i don't want to say what the question is because yep. people really because then i'm giving it away and it's right. not it's not fun right go um, check out the show everybody needs to go check exactly. out the what is your legacy podcast but um one of on. your favorite sales leaders or sales professional will be probably on my podcast so just find that episode with whoever you 
uh, adore the most and then you'll find the question in there but it's fascinating and and this is what you and I talked about Tyler in my last conversation was it is so fascinating with that answer because that's something I want to turn into like an ebook to in order to help people so now going back to your second question uh, earlier was you know how how do people think about this what how do you, how do you as a 20 30 50 60 year old um, define your legacy and at what point is the right time to do that right. and does it really change over time right like i view my life today at this point of where i where i am but that doesn't mean it's going to be reflected the same way in I don't know, a year or five or 10, right. you know, things are going to change in my life and change where I put my energy and focus and, and love into. So, you know, I think there's like the, the core of things that comes out of the conversations, the, the foundational things uh, about people and what they want their legacy to be. And then I think there's the, the interchangeable things that happens because of circumstances or changes in their lives and that that would shift kind of the perspective of how they view their own lives and legacy. Yeah, absolutely. That's so exciting. Everybody needs, needs to go check out the what is your legacy podcast. I know I'm going to check it out again as well. So thank you so much for that. And I am excited for you to write that book. I don't want to say the title that we discussed last time, yes. but uh, <laughs> hopefully you're, oh, uh, you know, I, I do love that title. So hopefully things will be uh, all good there. So I want to jump into the early years for you. So mm -hmm. this kind of starts jumping into some of the questions of, of the book that I'm writing as well. But when you think about some of your first jobs, and I'm a true believer that whether you're, you know, and I probably sound like a broken record for the for the the listeners who listen in all the time here. Um, but your first jobs and the skills that you're going to develop when you're younger and in your first roles are well are way more important than the money that you're actually making than the 850 or whatever the minimum wage is. So mm -hmm. do you have any any good stories from some of the first jobs that you worked at whether you were be, you were a waitress or a bartender that you learned sales skills from or or at least learned skills that you're currently leveraging in your work today? Yeah, I mean, thank goodness I wasn't like a bartender, <laughs> honestly, because uh, most people know this about me. And it's a part of my personal story, too, is that I've been sober now for uh, just over three years. Um, so I can only imagine if I've gone down the route of being a bartender and having to be around drinks all the time. But right. um, so, so there's a few different jobs that I had, but I, I want to go back to the beginnings and and what happened before I got these actual jobs in, in sales, which was in tech sales, but was I grew up in foster care. And in the first family I, I lived with, we had an entire system of how things were going to be done in the household, right? And we had like um, this kind of chalkboard where everyone's name would be. And then you had like tasks that you needed to get done. And then there was a, a reward for that. You would get money if you completed certain tasks. Right. So it's kind of like a, a leaderboard of, of a sort, right. you know, and I've always been super competitive my entire life. Doesn't matter what it is. I just want to win and I want to be the best at it. And so, and sometimes to like a fault, you know, it's right. like, 
some of my friends just like, I can't play games with you. It's not fun. Like, You're way too competitive for this, right? Yeah. Like I, I get banned from a lot of that stuff <laughs> when there's like a dinner party. But um, so it started back then really as a 10 year old where I would always be the first one to sign up for all these different things because what it started with for me and which is what I think about like when somebody is asking like, why should you be in sales or how did you get started in sales or anything else in life is that you know, you have to know why you're doing certain things. And this is not like a brand new concept that I'm sharing. This is just like everyone knows or most people knows this is that you need to know why you're doing it and the purpose behind whatever you want to accomplish and what that outcome is going to be. And for me as a 10 year old, it was like, I just want to do these tasks and not necessarily want to, you know, wash the car or do the dishes or do the laundry, whatever. But it was a way for me to get to the end goal, which was to buy myself my first cell phone or to buy any other fun, you know, tech gadget out there that I right. was fascinated by. So that that's how it started for me. And so same thing with, with like my other jobs when I was in retail sales, uh, previous to tech sales was that what was driving me was this curiosity and this hunger for independence. So, so those have been some of my whys in life is I want to achieve financial independence, even at, at a young age as a 10 year old. And now, you know, as an almost 32 year old, I'm still the same person at the core where I, part of my value is independence. I value independence and I do certain things that are aligning with my values and, and then aligning with what my, with my why is and why I do the things I do every day. So I think that's important for me, at least to, to keep in mind, um, because sometimes we get asked, you know, whether we work in sales or marketing or any other profession, I used to work in HR before we get asked to do these really boring tasks, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like update your CRM or fill out this form or do whatever. And it's like, I don't want to do that. But if I know why I'm doing this job, even when it's not so great, then it drives me to, to finish it, to finish the task. So hopefully that like yeah, answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into that before we, uh, before we continue on a little bit further. Um, so yeah. do you fall in now? I know that you mentioned that the main core, why it was the financial independence for some of those situations, but do you just to, you you do those topics or you do whatever the task at hand, just to be able to achieve that independence, because that's your ultimate why. Do you ever, do you fall in love with what you're doing to try to help get as a means to that end? Or do you just really just focus on, I have to slog through this really bad situation, maybe not really bad, but something that I maybe don't want to do in order to get to that why of why I'm doing this? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's a good question because there's layers to that for me. So uh, the example I gave of like, okay, I have to update my pipeline or CRM or take these notes to do whatever. Yeah, that's not a fun task to me. There's no passion for me behind that. There's no like ultimate love and desire to do that type of action. It's not, you know, but the other side of it is that I really enjoy meeting with my prospects. I really enjoy having the conversations. And so in order for me to get to that point, there are certain things that needs to happen. There's a few steps before the end goal, which is 
the end goal isn't to have the meeting, but that that's a part of the next step of, of the process for me. So right. in order for me to get to that one, there are certain things I need to do beforehand. So right. same thing, like going back to as a 10 year old, having to do certain things, it's like, yeah, I needed to do that if I wanted to go to the store and being able to buy that cell phone, as an example, right. I knew it wasn't fun to wake up, you know, at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning to to go do some chores or whatever in order for me to earn some money and also like to to keep up with that and always get the best type of opportunities to lead me to that end goal. It wasn't great, but I, I, I needed to do it. You know, right. that that was my goal. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that is incredible. Thank you so much for, for sharing that example as well. And I think that that, uh, I'm sure that that drive to, to excel um, during some of those leaderboard days, you it just correlated right into your sales career of, I want to be up here and doing this as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is great. So next question I want to ask you, and, and I, I know we're, we're, we have four minutes. Do you have any extra time or, or you have a hard stop? No, I have time. Okay. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. So the next question I want to ask is, why should someone start their career in sales or hold a sales position at some point or another? Um, I, I want to flip that around. And again, going back to why, why do you want to do anything in life? Because, because you can change the word sales to marketing or whatever right. HR profession, whatever it is. Right. And for me, it was, I was actually in that place right when I was finishing college because I had worked in HR uh, for a couple of years throughout college part-time. Then I was in a place of like, I need to make a decision now. Where am I going to build a career? Is it going to be in the HR field? Is it going to be in sales? And so I really needed to sit down and think about why. Why should I start a career in sales or why should I continue a career in HR? And what it came down to for me, which again, is nothing brand new out there, is just that sales really correlated to a lot of the things in my personality. And also, it correlates to, again, nothing new here, but life skills, you know, being able to communicate really well. Um, it, It provides an opportunity to learn how to listen without responding or reacting to the other person right so so there's there's a lot of of different things you know when it comes to life skills and I'm not saying I could not have achieved that in any other career profession that I might have chosen but again going back to kind of what's my personal why and what are my values independence is a big piece of that and financial independence is a big piece of that so for me in order to have a financial independence in my life, I needed to choose a career for myself where I am not being directed into just having one source of income. I needed to have flexibility. I needed to be able to be more in control of the things that I can control, which is my output, my activity, the things that I do every day. I couldn't do that working in HR. It wasn't like, oh, if you successfully onboard and train these new employees, you're going to get this much in commission. That wasn't the case. Right. So I just knew like, okay, I, I also didn't have like a true passion for it. It was something I did because I was able to it allowed me a little bit of flexibility throughout college to have, you know, a job while going through school. But then I was like, all right, I got to go all in, which, which side am I going all in or, right. on, you know? Right. That is so interesting too. And, and what I keep hearing now is I keep hearing that same 
little girl who was on the leaderboard trying to do whatever she could to keep working hard and get and, and work their work your way up. So that's super yeah. interesting to, to hear as well. And I think that uh, really what it comes down to is what you're telling me is it no matter what, whether, whether it's starting your career in sales to get some of those communication skills, those listening skills, no matter what you do, you, you're saying, take a step back. And I'm a huge why person as well. So I completely mm-hmm. understand this, um, but really just focusing on what is your why. And it seems like everything's still coming back to when you look at your why, how does that correlate to your legacy side of things? Is it, you think it's, they go hand in hand? Um, I couldn't say that my why is to work in sales for the rest of my life. I couldn't say that because that wouldn't be true. Right. Just like when I spoke to a friend the other day, who's like, yeah, I'm, you know, sales is not going to be something I do for the rest of my life either, because there are other things that I'm really passionate about that I want to spend more time on. And so, you know, she's going back to school in order to finish her MBA and then going to do something completely remote, not even related to sales. Interesting. And so for me, at the end of the day, I'm doing what I'm doing because I do enjoy having the conversations. I do enjoy solving problems. I do enjoy helping my prospects and our buyers. I really do. I, I enjoy that. However, it's also for me that at the end of my life, I don't see myself being like, oh, I'm going to retire from this sales position working for somebody else. It's not where I see myself. I'm seeing myself more as a person who's able to really help other people and especially vulnerable people. That That's like what I truly want to do more of. Like, because I have this connection with obviously because of my experience, you know, growing up in foster care, it's important to me to be able to help other people to find like, what is their purpose and mission in life? You know how, and and right now I am able to fulfill part of that because I am able to help women who are underrepresented in their sales professions. I'm able to help them figure that out. I'm able to help coach women and and get them to achieve a higher salary. Like how do you negotiate your salary when you're switching from one job to another? I'm able to help these women do that and coach them and mentor them on the side, like for free, because I just, I just enjoy doing that. Right. So that's what I would love to do more of, but I'm not in that particular place yet to do that for all the rest of my life. Right. But what you're doing right now is you're, you're using sales as this platform right now to get to obtain that financial independence so that you're able to go ahead and do some of those other things that are going to be potentially more fulfilling to what your end goals are. Does that sound right? Yeah. Like I would love to be able to go into an organization at some point and talk with an entire sales team about what, what their purpose is, what, how do they want to be remembered as sales professionals? How do they want to be remembered in their lives? How do they figure out what that is? You know, if you are a 22 year old new into sales, or if you are a 50 year old or whatever, like you need to have that clear understanding of why you're doing the things that you're doing and aligning yourself with those goals and that mission and that company and the people that you surround yourself with. Because for a long time in my life, I was lost in all of that. I was just simply reacting to my surroundings, reacting to the circumstances. And now I have the opportunity to not be so reactive and become more proactive towards that. And that's completely shift the way I think about my life and the people around me. So, you know, I think that's, that's an important 
thing to understand for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That that is incredibly important. Really having that that uh, sense of of why and your understanding. And I, and I also love the. Um, it's awesome what you're doing with the um, the women in sales movement as well. I know I had Lori Richardson on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she really opened my eyes to a lot of the 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 things that really need work. So I think that yeah. that's really interesting that that you're you're taking that on. And um, you know, obviously, it's really it's it's a very important topic, right? Yeah, and I and I always um, ask people around me, and I've asked myself many times, what would I be doing with my days if I didn't have to worry about money. I didn't have to worry about how much money I, I will be making for the rest of my life. I would just be able to live whatever lifestyle I want to live. And how the question is not, what, what would that look like? It's more like, what would you be spending your time on? Right. What would you like to spend? How would you like your day to look like every day? Right. And, and that's how I was able to figure out what's the, what's the real why here. Right. Besides know, because that, because everybody probably hides behind that. I don't have the financial means right now to, to exactly. do this. So if you take that as a, out as a variable, what's, what is it? Yeah. Well, what would you be doing? You know? And I think for the first couple of days, I probably would just be laying on my couch watching Netflix, you know, yep. that would be fun. Yep. But at some point I would get uh, really quick. I would get bored. And then I'm like, okay, so then what? what's that fire within me that would get me going and that would make me want to get up and out of bed and to do stuff? You know, what is that true why? And what is the reason? And who would I like to spend my time with? Who are those individuals? And what are their purposes? What are their values? How am I aligning with them? And how are they aligning with me? Right. So I think that's another critical part to, to life because one thing I have really learned from having the conversations on my podcast is just like this hyper awareness and understanding that life can be very fragile it can end at any moment and we have no idea when that's going to happen but we see that happening around us all the time so because i'm so aware of that and get to have those conversations and asking people very specific questions and hearing their answers to that it makes me very frequently almost on a daily basis think about, am I truly living the best version of my life right now? How are the things that are on my to-do list aligned with the things that I want to achieve or aligned with my core values? Are they? And if they're not, I have to take a step back in that moment and and think about it and take different actions. Yeah, that is, that is incredible. And those, those are some really heavy things. And I'm sure people probably just try to avoid it, but it's really that you have the awareness. to, to think about that and also to bring that to the forefront of other people, because yeah, those are things that I've thought of before, but not really, you know, marinated on too much. So, so thank you so much for that too. And it's so funny when you mentioned the, you know, when, when nobody, when you don't know when the end is coming, I think our, our, our good friend, Larry Long Jr. I, I vividly, I heard him saying, everybody's racing towards that finish line that you don't mm-hmm. know when you're going to get there. So right. you don't know where you are in that journey. And hopefully it's not tomorrow. Hopefully it's not, you know, whatever, but you, you don't know. So you need yeah. to be the best version of yourself um, in the meantime. So asking those tough questions and really face, going face forward with it is, is something that is um, that everybody needs to do. So, so thank you so much for, for that as well. Final question I want to ask is why do you believe that sales skills are truly the foundation to a successful life? And I used to say successful career, mm-hmm. but sales skills are life skills. 
Yeah, I mean, you said it, sales skills are life skills because you can utilize the things that you're learning in sales and, and take that back home or into your conversations with your friends or family. And something I've learned is just my ability to appropriately react to certain things with, with the tone of my voice, with my facial expressions, with the way I'm paying attention, um, with the way that I can empathize with other people and, you know, just listening and, and making myself available. Because when you're in sales and you're talking to a customer, a prospect, a buyer, you have to have those skills. You have to learn those skills. You, you may not have all of them from the beginning, but if you have the mindset that you're willing to learn and you're willing to get coached and you're, you're being curious about the other person, then it's easier to get those things developed if you're willing to get the right feedback from people as well. And so, I mean, sales is like legitimate life skills and I would recommend anyone, but I think a lot of people aren't right for sales. A lot of people don't identify with sales, maybe because of the picture that was painted to them, or maybe because of the labels that you see about sales. Um, You know, I, I had someone in my life who was like, I am not into sales. I hate sales. And this is like a banker, like I hate sales. I'm like, so how come your branch is always at the top three of all branches? Like clearly if you're running this branch, you're doing something right. And it has to do with your sales. Right. You know, and he's like, you're right. You're right. I just don't like it. And that, that's the, I think the difference is the, the passion versus I'm just doing it because it's part of my job and I'm encouraging and motivating other people to do a lot of the face-to-face sales perhaps, but yeah, sales is, is just a legit life skill. Everyone need to sell somebody on something, sell somebody on an idea, sell right. somebody on a concept, you know, like with everything, with all the things that we're consuming, when you're hearing somebody talk about certain products, when you're scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, you're getting sold on an idea or a concept or a content, a piece of content. You know, maybe people will get sold on listening to this or maybe they won't, but you know, we're all in sales. hundred percent. And that's kind of where, that's where my book writing journey is because I really want to fill that void of, yes, I was one of those college kids who thought of sales as a shiesty profession, as somebody who, uh, they're just a bunch of used car salesmen. But I think what it comes down to is that it's just such an undereducated profession that Mm -hmm. I want to try to bring awareness to all of the skills that you could learn and how, like you said, whether you're talking to, you know, your friend or your spouse on what you want to eat for dinner, or, you know, in, in my case for, you know, my, my wife and I just bought a house recently. So with that, what comes down to that is we were the buyers in that situation. Mm -hmm. We needed to sell our offer to the people who are actually selling. Why, why are they going to take our offer versus the seven other ones that they got? So even when you're mm-hmm. buying something, you still have to sell. So no matter what you're doing, where, you know, if my son ne- needs to eat broccoli and he doesn't want to eat it, I have to sell yeah. him on why he should be eating that, you know? Yeah. So, so there's I mean, so many different things. It's everywhere. Like I, I've also been on the other side of this very recently when I moved into my new place a couple of months ago. And now I have all these people calling me and trying to sell me on different things that I should, you know, pay attention to. And 
the the great things that I'm that I'm learning because I'm working in sales is to just observe other people, other sales professionals in different industries doing different things. And so a lot of the times when they call me, I was just sit here taking notes on the things that I think they did really well and the things that I wish they would have done very differently. Right. And at some point, you know, I there's been like built up frustration. I'm like, oh, this is not how you're supposed to have a phone call with someone who you're trying to get signed up. Yep. And it's like, it's, it's frustrating being on the other side, but by me taking that opportunity is what helps me become a better salesperson because I'm learning by observing what other people are doing to me. And then I'm like, okay, I don't ever want anyone that I interact with to feel this frustration that I'm feeling right now. Like, I don't want when, when they hang up the phone with me or end a conversation on Zoom, I don't want them to walk away feeling like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. Right. You know? And so I always make sure that I ask my prospect, like, how was this time for you? Was it valuable to you? Do you think we should have done something differently? Do you wish we went in a different direction? Just simply asking them for feedback. And I've had those open conversations with my prospects about this, just to get their feedback and understanding, like, how was this from your point of view and what could I have done better? Right. Because then, yeah, if you were doing something, you could have walked away from that conversation, especially newer sales reps too. You know, yeah, this was a great conversation. We, you know, they, they were so interested, they're doing well, but who mm -hmm. really knows if, if you didn't ask that feedback question, you could yeah. really learn that you may have took a nosedive and you had no clue that you weren't following whatever they're pitching your own self or not following whatever their pain points were. So I think that that's, that's interesting. And I, I love the fact too, that you mentioned that you observe others. So you're, you're taking that's those same active listening skills that you're learning in sales and you're trying to make yourself a better sales professional by practicing sales skills. So they mm -hmm. kind of compound on top of each other. Um, that is so incredible. Galen, thank you so much. Did you have something else to add? No, I, what I was going to add was that I, it, the same thing goes when, when building relationships in, in various networks or communities. Like I've actually had just a handful of people reaching out after we've connected. They saw something on LinkedIn and then I had somebody calling me on my phone because my phone number is on my profile. And, you know, you'd be surprised that not a lot of people would actually do that. They would rather just, you know, spam the inbox. Yep. Just fine, whatever you do, you, I do me, yep. but um, somebody did call me and I appreciated that. And the way that this person like handled the conversation was brilliant. And I learned from that too. I'm like, that was actually a great cold call because I have no idea who you were, right. but then you helped me connect the dots from the message that you had sent earlier to this phone conversation and was like very quick on telling me the reason why this person was calling um, and asking for permission to have a conversation. I was like, oh, that's great. But I want to put some context to this because I think it's important to put context into sales advice and suggestions is that we're all in different places. We're all working at different companies, selling to different industries. So I think that's important as well as when we're reaching out to someone reaching out to people from different places, different cultures, different time zones, et cetera. So I think it's important to be aware of that because we see a lot of sales advice out there from people. And as a new salesperson, you might be like, that sounds really good. That, that, that grabbed my attention, love what they're doing there. And then you try to do it yourself and replicate it. And then it doesn't work for you. It's because of the nuances. It's because of the context. You know, when I had 
lived in the US for nine years, moved to the UK. I wasn't able to replicate the things that worked for me in the US territory when I worked for the same company, by the way, same industry, same company, just didn't translate like that. So that's when I understood that context is really important to sales because you can see somebody giving you advice on something, but you need to be very critical on the other end and say, hold on, what are they giving advice about? Who are their ideal customer profile? What industry are they working in? You know, who are they selling into? And, and those are important questions to ask yourself when you're taking advice from anyone, I would say. That's something I wish I would have learned much sooner in this process. Wow. Context is everything. Mm -hmm. Incredible feedback. Thank you so much. Where could people learn more about what, you, what you, you have going on and everything you're doing? Yeah, the best spot would be LinkedIn. That's kind of like where everything's hosted right now. So I would say go to LinkedIn, Galem Girmay. Um, I'm also same name, same handle on Instagram and Twitter and Clubhouse. I do weekly conversations on Clubhouse every Tuesday at 10 p.m. my time here in London, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific time. So do that every Tuesday with the audience. Awesome. That is, that is so great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode. I've been really getting some great feedback from listeners, and many have left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as well. If you enjoy the show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review as well. It truly goes a very long way in spreading the word for our guest and also allows me to continue to bring on more incredible guests and onto the show. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you so much, everyone.